Welcome to Be Ye Hearers. It's a podcast of St. James's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia. Truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in a prophet's hometown. Now, in the older translations of this verse, you may recall uh, instead of accepted, the, the word honored was used. A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his own people. Uh, the idea behind the verse is, is one of, that many of us may be able to relate to in our own lives, I think. While we may often have experienced uh, success in our vocations and lives, it's often uh, hard, hard for uh, hometown folks to see us as anything other than the kid who grew up next door. I remember, my friends, when I started uh, my own path to ordination in the late 80s. At first, uh, being from Macon, I was excited about uh, finding out um, how the ordination process worked in the Diocese of Atlanta. But very quickly, I was told by uh, lots of different folks uh, who were probably wiser than myself that uh, I was way too young and inexperienced to be a priest. Too young, too inexperienced. Oh, those were the good old days, weren't they? <laughs> uh, and here's another experience. I don't know if you can relate to this one or not, but um, how many of you, how many of you sitting here this morning have ever uh, tried to give advice to your parents as an adult? <laughs> I see two chuckles here. Now, if your experience is anything like mine, usually mom and dad uh, either don't hear what you've said or they seem to ignore it, okay? Now, there's always a second part to this story. How many of you, how many of you have had this experience where you see your idea or your suggestion resurface a few months later as mom and dad's idea? Okay, you ever had that experience before? This is what I like, I call that a parental plagiarism, okay? Drives me crazy. Our human experience uh, seems to confirm our Lord's observation, though, that prophets are rarely honored in their own country or in their own hometown. Now, before examining the reasons for our Lord's hometown rejection, I want to back up a moment and take a look at last week's gospel, because I do believe that these two stories are related. You may recall that prior to being chased out of the synagogue, uh, Jesus reads a passage from the book of the prophet Isaiah, very famous passage. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. After reading doing this reading, Jesus says to his listeners in Nazareth, today, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, I'm sure that when hometown folks heard this message, they were quite surprised. The Romans were still occupying Israel. Nazareth was a poor village without a lot to offer. Good news to the poor, freedom for prisoners, sight to the blind, none of this, none of this appeared to be happening around them. So we have to wonder, we wonder to ourselves, well, why did Jesus make this kind of statement to them? Especially since he knew 
it would be a hard sell to the hometown folks. Perhaps our Lord was just young and, young and inexperienced in his ministry. Maybe this was the same sermon that he gave next door. Maybe it had gone over well with other audiences. Maybe Jesus even expected from the hometown a warmer reception. It would have made mom proud to see her son acclaimed and celebrated by the locals. Yet, Jesus spends little time in this gospel's lesson curring favor, and instead he moves quickly from this announcement to good news to a reminder of times in the past when the God of Israel had favored non-Jewish people. He mentions two intriguing stories, and I encourage you to go home and look them up. One concerns a widow in Sidon whose son is healed during a great famine by the great prophet Elijah. The other story speaks of a Syrian, Naaman, who was cured of his leprosy. In both cases, a non-Jewish person receives grace and healing from Yahweh. Now, most of his listeners would have expected God to favor his chosen people, to favor the nation of Israel. They were the chosen ones. But Jesus, Jesus in the lesson reminds them that their God is a God for all the people of the world, all the people. Jesus uses the scripture of his own people to challenge their parochialism and the limited way they think that God works in our world. The Isaiah selection from last week's gospel reminds his listeners that God's hope and God's vision for the world is much grander than anything they could possibly ever conceive. It's not just meant for Israel. It's good news for all people, Jew, Greek, slave free, male, female, tax collector, and prostitute. Jesus announces to the world that God's grace, God's love taking action in the world extends to everyone, even people the hometown folks might not like or even want to have over for dinner. Now, scholars say to us of the New Testament that this section from Luke helps set the stage for the Gentile mission, that, that movement from, that moves beyond Israel out into the, the pagan and the Gentile world. It justifies our Lord's evangelism of the pagan world by highlighting a story when his people uh, seem to reject him. While I certainly understand this perspective, I do believe that can be a narrow and a limited reading of our gospel. If we read the lesson only in this way, we are no better than the hometown folks that first heard it. Their parochialism becomes ours. And this lesson, my friends, it has the danger of making us feel spiritually self-satisfied and comfortable. Isn't it great that Jesus took his mention to the Gentiles? And aren't we lucky that we, unlike the hometown folks, did not reject him? The lesson actually can, if we are not careful, be just used to justify, used to justify a self-righteousness, which we know our Lord has little patience for either. I believe, though, the gospel writer Luke has a more subtle agenda for us. By placing Jesus in his own hometown among his own people, he reminds his readers, his listeners, that all of us, all of us have had similar experiences in our broken lives. If we've ever tried to go home again, 
on our spiritual journeys, you too have been in our Lord's shoes. We have all in some way dealt with rejection in our lives. We have felt pain. We have felt disappointment. And most of all, we have known the bitter sting of failure. Our experiences might be a little bit different, but at some root level, my friends, we have at times in our lives found ourselves like Jesus on the run. St. Luke shares this story with us so that we might come to understand our own story better, so that we may not forget to lose our openness to those in need, and never forget, never forget that Jesus' message of good news is for those who may reject us and those who we may choose to reject ourselves. St. Luke reminds us the path of discipleship is never easy. There's a cost to being a follower of Christ. But our Lord chooses to proclaim good news to those who are willing to hear and even those who are not ready yet. Jesus proclaims sight for those who want to see and those who may still be blind, freedom to those who are held captive by their sin and even those who may think there are, they are sinless. Let us pray this day that all of us sitting here, that we never, we never lose the capacity to preach that kind of news to all God's people. And more importantly, that we sitting here, we never lose the ability to hear the good news of Christ coming to each one of us, even those folks who may be from our own hometown. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Ye Hearers. For our full worship service, go to doers.org slash live. To learn more about St. James's, go to doers.org. We hope you've been touched by the Holy Spirit today. We look forward to being your companion on your spiritual journey.